The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Dexter Lawrence cashed in. Dave Gettleman was right. He was always right. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the producer for Sauce Gardner, Aaron Rodgers, Jessica Alba, and Amari Stoudemire's new podcast, The Fantastic Four. And joining me as always is AJ. Arthur Smith needs excitement. Marchese. Yeah, that was the that was the take of the day yesterday, Rob. Too boring to play offensive line for me, son. Today, we'll be breaking down the NFC Beast, I mean East's 2023 NFL Draft Classes. Let's hit it! Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out. To Casey, maybe looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's gonna put ketchup on a stick? Who's gonna, gonna find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And, and that's, that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social or in person at the HQ in Louisiana. Go to sportsdrink.org. Or open Instagram and type in at sports drink, spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. NFC East, NFC Beast. Everyone killed it. A pluses all around. Yeah. Oh, good out. Yeah, let's, let's, let's call it a show. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> the only division that matters, Rob. Nah, A pluses all around except the commanders in F. Come on, that's at least a solid A for the Commanders. Josh Harris hasn't officially bought yet, so. Oh yeah, when that happens, we'll be all Commanders all the time. We're gonna pivot as New Jersey Devil diehard Die fans. Yeah. When our owner buys the Commanders, we'll be pivoting to being a Commanders. Yeah, podcast. we're we're doing this in the middle of the day today, so we can watch our Devils tonight, baby. We're ready to uh, take command. Okay, the NFC East. Again, I, uh, I, it's it's hard. I feel like not a lot of egregious draft classes in general uh, this year. Part of that too, I feel, is like it wasn't the strongest draft class. So there were like, like the overdrafts team, are less. Uh, yeah, they're not <laughs> egregious. As, as, yeah, like there, there's not like oh man, he they skipped over a clear first round graded guy to take a guy I've got in the mid second. Yeah. But it's like most of. The guys taking or half the guys taking the first round, I had second round grades on. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I feel like that helps. But let's start with the Dallas Cowboys, where I think Cowboys fans aren't overly happy with their draft, it, it would seem. Um, at do you least think they that... weren't. Sorry, I was just going to say, do you think that's because they took undervalued positions, you know, less important positions? Maybe, but it, I, I felt like a lot of it revolved around um, Mozzie Smith being the first round pick. I see, I've seen a lot of people, like maybe just before the draft and after the draft, coming out of the woodwork being not high on Mozzie Smith. And, I mean, I get not loving the idea of taking a nose tackle in the first round, but uh, not not that he is a one-to-one Dexter yeah. Lawrence. But it's worked out pretty well for Dexter Lawrence, and the Giants yeah. got a lot of crap for that. From um, us? But, from us, yeah. Oh, sh- no, 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 I was all over this. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, don't go back Dave, listen. Dave Gettleman. You're my GM. Dave Goldman, um, more like him, all right? Yeah, there you go. Ma, but Ma, Mazzy Smith, um, yeah, so it's taking a nose tackle at 26. That could be a tough pill to swallow. But at the same time, this interior defensive line class dropped off so much. Mm-hmm. Um, he t- was, to, to me, the I think we talked about it, one of the safer guys in this class uh, at that position because – after, I mean, after Jalen Carter was off the board, yeah, it's the drop was massive. Then the next interior defensive lineman taken in the draft was a complete size outlier in Kalaja Kansi at nineteen, who I had Mazzy Smith just slightly behind him. Um, and then the next one's Mazzy Smith, and at, at twenty nine, it's Brian Brzee, and that that's all the defensive tackles that go in the first round. And Brzee's a a, a, a complete. Um, boomer boss type of player yeah so to me they they were filling a need with a player that's safe because at worst you're getting a starting caliber nose tackle who he is great at anchoring down he's great at absorbing space and at best you're getting one of the 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 number one freak in in bruce feldman's freaks rankings from the summer who i know like the pass pass rush production wasn't there at Michigan statistically, but like throwing the Penn State game and he he's applying plenty of pressure. Like he uses his hands really well. He's got a good club swim move. He's such a quick twitch athlete. Like I think the potential is there for him to develop into that like kind of I feel like the the high end NFL nose tackle types are, are like you're hoping it's Kenny Clark, right? Yeah, I think that's there. I think that's what people are forgetting. It's like he has the upside and it's not just well he showed glimpses on tape. He like you said, he's a freak athlete. And he did, like like you said, Penn State game. I think even throwing TCU, like yeah, they lost that game, um, and it felt like he wasn't like watching that game live. I don't think he, he felt like dominant or anything. But go back and watch the tape. There's a lot of good reps against Steve Avila, who went shortly after Mozzie Smith did. You know, um, yeah, I I like the Mozzie Smith pick, and it feels like a position where they just have haven't had a presence in the middle of that defensive front for years for years and and if we can all agree that interior defensive line was a major need for them like when they picked again at 58 yeah the so many had already gone zach pickens was the next at 64 and then like we saw the byron young reach by the raiders at 70 you know what i mean like they would have missed out, I think, on what they were looking for. Because, um, again, Zach Pickens is more of a penetrating three-tech, whereas like, they needed to bolster their run defense with a, a player like Mozzie Smith. Um, so I think it makes sense in that regard. I still I get 
the concern, but I think mm-hmm. he's a better player than he's been given credit for with more upside and a higher floor. Me too. Um, I, I agree. Like, I didn't love the Cowboys draft, but I didn't think the Muzzie Smith pick was a bad pick. And I get, like, pr- probably a lot of Cowboys fans wanted them to come away with a playmaking tight end, and the Bills jumped them and took Dalton Kincaid. Um, and, and maybe they wanted Michael Meyer at, at 26. Yeah. Um, but... And, and I, I mean, I have Meyer higher than Smith, but they, they played the odds of the tight, tight end class being deep, and the interior defensive line class not being deep. And they at fifty eight, they take Luke Schoenmaker, and I feel like that maybe rubbed a lot of Cowboys fans the wrong way because he's an older player. He's going to turn twenty five as a rookie. He's got an injury history. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about this one? I mean, obviously, I love Luke Schoenmaker forevermore. Uh, that being said, I was a little lower on him than you were. I think this is a reach. Uh, I I think in the context of where all the tight ends went, mm-hmm. though, that value is not bad. No, because I'm with you in that. I And, I, again, I was higher on him than you. I had him early third roundish, and this this was yeah. close to that. But yeah. um, the way they fell was so strange. Like, I, literally, because Brendan Strange goes at 61. <laughs> I yeah. I take Luke Schoenmaker at 58 over Brendan Strange at 61. Me too. Me too. I, like... I don't think Schoomaker is going to ever be a special player, but I, I think they'll not regret this pick. I think Schoomaker will go Dalton in Schultz. and be Dalton Schultz. Exactly. He tested really well. Uh, so there's that athletic upside. Um, but also, like, very solid blocker, solid hands. He's going to be a solid exactly. playmaker. And, like, He's exactly what they needed him to be, a, a true wide tight end who yeah. can block, got yeah. uh, good ball skills. And then it, it's the that athletic upside on top of it because, yeah, he tested much better than I think people are expecting. and. I think he feels like he's a fine pick. It's it is a bit of the of a reach. I would have rather traded back to him in the third round, but maybe he wouldn't have been there in the third round just based on how the tight ends felt. He wouldn't have been like and like for Cowboys fans, would you have felt better coming away with um, Michael Meyer and then Zach Pickens or this? You know, I feel like because Michael Meyer is a bigger name that they would maybe yeah. they would have taken that. But like I, I low key think Matthew Smith is going to be one of like. I think he's going to be a very good player for them. I do I like too. him a lot, and he's, he's entering a situation where on that defensive line, uh, on the edges, they're going to have a, a rotation, what, probably the deepest edge rotation in the NFL, with obviously led by Micah Parsons, but Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong, yeah. Don, Dante Fowler, um, like Tack McKinley. So many former first-round picks. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I think, like, Mozzie Smith's going to – that that one will pay off. I think Scoomaker's going to be fine. It'll yeah. probably always be like maybe second round was a bit rich, but yeah. again, he's you're you drafted him to be Dalton Schultz, and he can be Dalton Schultz. Very much so. And going back with last thing on Matthew Smith, even if he doesn't hit that pass rush ceiling potential, just what he can do being uh, being a load in the middle and eating space is going to mean a lot for those edge rushers that you just named off. Um, and then, yeah, I think Schumacher's going to hit that Dalton Schultz type of career. I, I believe in that. Um, just just not super exciting. I will say, like, if we, if we want to switch and talk to talk about pick 90 a little bit and DeMarvi Overshone. I, I, I just want to say one last thing. Like, yeah. with, with Smith and Schumacher, they're good fits. They're very yeah. good fits. They are. Maybe it's not the best of value, but better. I think you'd rather – it be one of the two, good value or good fit, you know. Yeah. And the athletic upside makes sense, and you love Michigan, so I'm happy. Uh, for yeah, you. I'm I'm happy with. That. <laughs> they, they 
They they saw what the Eagles were doing with Georgia, and they did it with Michigan. Smart. That's smart. It's just the two best the char- teams in, in college. <laughs> and the Chargers did it with TCU for some reason. Well, better than Michigan, so there you go. <laughs> but, yeah, okay, so I, I posed that Meyer-Pickens uh, scenario. But how about, like, at 58, if, if the Cowboys went true Sanders, and then at 90 got mm-hmm. Darnell Washington? To me, that's yeah, a swoon. That's, yeah. But that being said, you know, Washington fell because of injuries and – you know, if they wanted to go for a more of a safe, I think Washington's better than Schoomaker, but yeah, that that would have felt a lot better to me. Um, yes, and I, I I do feel like if you want the big blocking tight end with athletic upside, Darnell Washington's yeah. three years younger, um, bigger, bi- bigger, <laughs> faster, better, more potentials a blocker. If you yeah. can get his hands, uh, hand placement kind of fixed a little bit, yeah. he can be one of the most dominant blocking tight ends we've seen um but he's a pittsburgh Steeler. um no but i i I do think that's a good point with like the drew sanders drew sanders falling all the way to 67 i think drew sanders would have made a lot of sense for a dan quinn defense yeah and i don't love the demarvian overshone pick i think that was the of their of their picks that was the biggest reach oh yeah of the top 100 i think that's kind of the, the worst of the bunch um i don't hate demarvian overshone i think you know getting a you know, a guy like a good athlete in there and at the linebacker position, don't mind that. It just felt like it wasn't like a scream. Like it's a need, but not like a we need to come out of the top 100 type but of need. You know, it's be it's because they're moving Michael Parsons to edge full time, yeah. so it makes sense. They I do think they needed to come away with a linebacker if there was a good one to take. So if they agree, took Drew yeah. Sanders at 58, yeah. I think you're like, okay, that makes total sense. But yeah, I think reaching on Overshown in a weak linebacker class at yeah. 90, and it doesn't surprise me that they liked Overshown. They like these long, fluid linebackers, which he is that. Um, but so is Drew Sanders. Uh, and it doesn't surprise me that they preferred Overshown to Dorian Williams, who want to pick later, but I think both of us Dorian's much higher on Dorian Williams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a better football player. Um, so I'm not surprised. I understand why, like, but I thought that was a pretty big reach and he's a pretty, to me, he's a pretty boomer bust third round pick for a defense that might need him to play early. I also feel as if like Jabril Cox, you took him in the fourth round in 2021. Jabril Cox, like, yeah, like they keep taking these type of guys, these, and Demone, Demone Clark a little less so, but like yeah. Jabril Cox and Overshone to me are very similar types yeah. of players. And hey, I, not to get too uh, in the weeds here, but uh, you know Dallas took Overshone at ninety. Again, I agree, Dorian Williams better prospect. But if they didn't like him, Seattle traded back from eighty three, um, for <laughs> so Denver could come up get Riley Moss. And in the next two picks or three picks, um, Dunn, Henley, and Trenton Simpson went. So they could have been a little bit aggressive. They had a bunch of uh, day three picks. I know the Broncos gave up a third next year, and that's. That was going to be hard to top. But just to say, if that was the first call, Seattle's always looking there, and they could have jumped up. And if they came away with Trenton and, Simpson, at, you know, trading up a bit, that feels great to me. And, and Henley, I know he's not as tall as Overshone, but he is 33-inch arms. Like, yeah. he's just a long linebacker. He's longer arms than Overshone. Uh, and Simpson is, I mean, if you just want pure athleticism, yeah. and he's got the size, like, he is the kind of the freak show. Uh, so I agree with you. I think, I mean, of the linebackers taken in the third round, I have, like, I think all of them are good fits, good picks, except for Overshone. Yeah, I I agree with you. And, I mean, you know, after War- Williams, the next one was Ventrell Miller, which was also a massive reach. So it got wishy-washy, but I would have liked to see them maybe be a little aggressive and get up there and, 
I don't know. So I think overall, yeah. like like uh, Overshown, I'm I'm unsure about Schoonmaker. Yeah. I think is gonna hit. Mazzy Smith, I think is gonna hit. Yeah, but, just I mean, you, the the definition of hit for you with Schoonmaker, I think is just good starter, right? Yeah, good starter. I don't think he's gonna be a Pro Bowl, but yeah, I think he's gonna be what he needs to be. Absolutely, and uh, Mazzy um, Smith's got the ceiling. I just yeah, they could have been a little bit more aggressive or or work the board a little bit better. Go ahead. Sorry. I will say I will say with Overshown. They are getting a, a guy who you know is going to help on special teams. Yeah. Um. So I guess maybe that that's the difference for them. They want uh, at minimum a guy who's going to be a, a star on specials. I don't know. I just think yeah, just looking at the rest of the third round and kind of how it played out, I think they played it wrong. I think so too. But the again, the fit made sense. Like I was not surprised when that was no the player sure. they liked. Yeah. Um, going into the fourth round. They come away with uh, a, a guy I feel like we've been talking about on the show forever. Yeah. Um, San Jose State's uh, Velami Fajoko, um, versatile defensive lineman who kind of played uh, interior and, uh, and on the edge at mm-hmm. San Jose State. Like he's playing three tech, four I, one tech even. Uh, I think this is a fine pick. Um, maybe a little earlier than I would have taken him, but yeah. I like the player. Heavy hands, can move around, uh, sets a good edge. Um, good power at the point of attack like entering a rotation where I don't know how he's gonna really find his way onto the field yeah that's what I was gonna ask right like it's like I said one Micah Parsons (laughs) two Dorrance or two Demarcus Lawrence three Dorrance Armstrong four Sam Williams five Dante Fowler six Chauncey Chauncey Golston who don't forget they spent a third round pick on him not too long ago yeah we're up to six edges Tack McKinley's there I don't think he's going to make the team, but he's there. Seven. Fajoko's eighth. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really. So, uh, it was not a need. I think they must have just gone best player available mm-hmm. there. Um, I would have, I think, like to see them maybe go a, a different direction. Uh, but, hey. Solid player. Like I said, a little yeah. bit early. Like I'm not going to. It's a fine pick. I'm not going to. You know what I really think? The Rams took Stetson Bennett a pick before they could. <laughs> there you go. That's what I think. Um, fifth round, I love this pick. North Carolina offensive tackle Seam Richards, a, a fan favorite of our show. Yeah. I thought very good value for them in the fifth round, especially because this tackle class dropped off a freaking ton after Carter Warren went in the fourth round. Yeah. Um, Richards, long arms, fluid mover, really good feet. Plays good balance and bend. Like I think there's a lot of upside to develop him as your swing tackle. Yeah, I totally agree. And like you know, like you said, it offers the outside and inside versatility. Uh, this team, you know, that keeps like they kept getting banged by injuries along that front the last few years. You know, so having a guy that could maybe swing around um, and is a good player, I, I like. I think that's it. Might be might have been the best pick they made. Like in, in just in the vacuum, you know. Um. And then uh, six rounds, Southern Miss corner Eric Scott, long, freaky athlete, super raw. I, I thought he had an up and down week at the East West Shrine Bowl, but you saw the glimpses of, of what he could be like with that length and that athleticism. Uh, six round, I mean, sixth and seventh round to me are for swinging on athletes. Mm-hmm. Or taking high floor players, or taking dudes contributing on special teams. I just like that's fine. Or taking scouts' sons. Yeah, no, or taking I, scouts' sons. I agree. No, that's that's kind of disrespectful to Deuce. They they used them the second six round pick on. Him. I I know, right? But I hey, getting Deuce Vaughn two twelve. That first of all, that that moment uh, got me got me tearing up a little bit. 
Um, I love that. I love the Deuce Vaughn. I think that's a great fit for him too. You know, there's some some opportunity there in the in the backfield. I I'm excited to see what they do with him. And I mean, like, <laughs> it feels hard for them to to take him and then just like you know plop him on the bench. You know, when 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 Dad's up there working with the boys. You know, I I, I like that pick a lot. Um, Good I'm value just, here too. You know? Yeah, to- totally fine value here. Uh, I mean, he's a five five, one hundred seventy nine pound running back that we've never really seen that. No. Before, outside of Darren Sproles, um, my only concern is like Tony Pollard coming off the knee injury. They waited a while to take a running back. I think a lot of Cowboys fans would have preferred them to take a running back with a clear, higher floor, like because naturally Vaughn has yeah. a lower floor because of his size, and I think they would have preferred maybe use that fourth round pick on one of the talented day three running backs. Um, so I, I feel like that is a little bit tough. Like what's the expectations for Deuce Vaughn? Uh, because I think this team does need to find a running back. Yeah. Um, could he be Dion Lewis? I, I like him. I had a fifth round grade on him. I think really good. It can be really good in the passing game. Great. Uh, kind of great short area quickness has, has some bursts to him. But yeah, I mean, it, it's always tough with an outlier like that on a team that kind of needs that something out of them. Yeah, and even at like at 169, I love the Richards pick. I wouldn't have changed that, but Eric Gray went a couple picks later. I think that would have been a really good fit, right? Slim dunk. Yeah. Well, again, I'm not Richards great picks. I'm not saying they should have, but I'm just saying they had options. Um I love Deuce Vaughn. Fuck yeah. I don't care. I'm going to champion this pick. He's going to hit. I don't I don't give a fuck about. Uh, oh, uh, so angry today. Yeah, no. I don't I don't take Deuce Vaughn slander lightly, Rob. I wasn't slandering him. I'm try- <laughs> I'm trying to put, based on what I'm seeing Cowboys discourse on on the Twitter feed. That I'm trying to present that that's the way they're thinking. Yeah, great. Champions, Cowboys fans, like they need it. Seventh round, they take South Carolina <laughs> receiver Jalen Brooks. Big athletic receiver who made some big plays for South Carolina. I, yeah. I mean. Sure. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I wonder if Cowboys fans would have preferred a receiver a little earlier. Probably. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, Jalen Tolbert didn't do anything. He was the third round pick yeah. last year. They traded for Brandon Cooks. Which still somehow only twenty nine, um, <laughs> yeah. and I think Brandon Cooks is a, gr- a great ad for them, uh, but m- like Michael Gallup didn't look totally the same last year. It just feels like there's a lot on CD Lamb's plate. Yeah, but it never felt like they're in the right spot to get one of the. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It never felt like the right spot to get a receiver. So they could have taken Charlie Charlie Jones, Tyler Scott at uh, one twenty nine. Tyler Scott at one twenty nine. Brandon that, Cooks clone. That's true. That that would have been a good one. And Fahoko wasn't too much. There you go. That's a spot. There you go. We have to change that pick again. Like Fahoko, but I would have taken those receivers over over him and with the need. Um, yeah. Overall, like I don't I don't think it's an awful awful draft. Um, I think I'm, but I think I'm both I'm higher on Massey Smith than a lot of people seem to be for sure. Same. Um, I think the the floor is higher on Schoomaker for sure. Then after that, like there's the, the land a couple, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pound the table for Deuce Vaughn. So um, I kind of I, I kind of go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I just think the overshone pick was a lot worse than the Smith and Schoomaker picks. Uh, me too. Me too. Yeah, and like we kind of displayed, they could have got a little funky with with what they did, and they got too funky. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get, I was kind of split. I was split between a C plus and B minus. Uh, I was wanted to hear what you're gonna you give them. I I'm give them a uh, a B minus. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm being. I just feel like Mozzie Smith's gonna hit. Like I think he's yeah. gonna be a very good football player for him. Me too. Uh, fills a need. Like Dan Quinn's gonna 
like kind of I, I feel like it's so much out of this defensive line this year and like I don't know. I'll match your B minus because it sounds like Cowboys fans are too low on my my guys, Mazzy and Schoon, baby. I think it's also made worse just because a different team in this division really killed the draft too, right? Like so when you put it up against that, you're like Frig, that team got way better and we didn't. Yeah. So Yeah, because I, I do think overall, like, from last season to this season, the Cowboys didn't get a lot better. No. I, th- I feel like it's kind of leveled. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but did the New York Giants get better? Yeah. Joe, Joe Schoen's second draft. Um, they, uh, they come away with Deontay Banks at 24th overall. The corner out of Maryland. The, the I think... Both of our third corners. He's mm-hmm. the fourth corner taken. Um, they traded with Jacksonville. They moved up. They got their guy. I, uh, I, I, I think this is a great fit. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that they made that move, and I Same. didn't didn't really expect them to go corner first. But I love it. It, it was a, a player team match that I think we talked about this yeah, too. We did. A player team match we didn't really see coming, but then once it happened, you're like, "Oh, I like that a lot." Yeah. We're both super high on Deontay Banks. He's wearing number 36. I hope that changes. Uh, more That's... on that on the rookie number show. But um, they like they need like last year. God, their their corner room was decimated, right? Yeah. Like. And getting a big physical corner across from Midori Jackson, I like that a lot. Like you want to build, like we hear about how teams want to build the receiver rooms, like a basketball team, different size, different flavors. I th- I think that happens in the second, like the secondary's starting to you're starting to see that a little yeah. more, and they miss that size at corner and like like Cordell Flots rail thin and overdrafted, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they brought in Amani Aruari, and I feel like that was insurance if they didn't get a guy like Deontay Banks, yeah. So I think th- it felt like their their secondary was made up of nickels last year, and they lost and so, Julian Love too. Yeah, and, and so they go and get a big true outside corner. Yeah, no, it totally does. Like they have a like they have so many nickel type of guys. Like even even Aaron Robinson, yeah. like c- c- coming out of UCF, like he was a bigger nickel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking like I I don't hate their secondary. Like there's and like you said, it was kind of in shambles at times last year, but. There's a lot of good players, but like you said, they're kind of more into these nickel molds. And I think bringing in a true cornerback one with the size and the speed and the athleticism to match up with um, any receiver, hopefully, in the league, um, I think that's smart, man. I like that a lot. And I think just adding him on the outside kind of lets you get more funky with the rest of this group, right? Get, get, let them get more flexibility and kind of play matchup um, corners, match, match them up a bit more. And you know, where so- Banks will just go up against wide receiver one. You're also playing A.J. Brown twice a year. Like, you yeah. need more size to deal yeah. with A.J. Brown. And then you're going up against the Commanders. You need speed to deal. Like, Terry McLaurin's got deep speed. You need uh, – and Banks checks both those boxes, right? He's perfect grass, right? And uh, and, and then, like, the, the Cowboys have C.D. Lamb, who's mm-hmm. just – one of the best receivers in the NFL. So you need this type of corner who can deal with all types of things. Um, and like Banks is a little bit raw. Like he, his footwork needs to be cleaned up, but everything is there on tape to, he has such a high ceiling. He's such a freaky athlete, such a physical press corner. Uh, I love this pick. Yeah. I like this pick a lot too. I, again, I didn't see it coming, but I think it's great. I think they knocked it out of the park. And then at 57 in the second round, I like that they go like high upside player in Deontay Banks. 
At 57, they get one of the safer players, I think, in the draft, in John Michael Schmitz at center, who absolutely fills a hole for them. And the fact that they could wait on it, like... I think we both thought maybe this Tipman and, and John Michael Schmitz might go a little earlier because the center class is a little wonky. They got to sit and wait on it at 57. Didn't have to give up anything, and, and they get a plug-and-play starting center with such a high floor, really good run blocker, um, uh, really good in space. I think he's going to fit uh, the Dable offense really well. Yeah. And, and has some MF in him with the finishing and a uh, really smart football player. Yeah, imagine if I told you Drew Scruggs would go five picks later than John Michael Schrantz. Absolutely. For them to be able to sit there and get, to me, my 31 player, my number 31 player on my board, uh, fills a huge need, I think is a great fit. I think this is a home run slam dunk. <laughs> I love this pick a lot. And I, I, I think he's going to be that glue guy, man. I think he's going to just, you know, we've seen some of the, some, like Andrew Thomas is, is rock solid outside. Evan Neal's didn't look good last year, but hopefully... Hopefully it comes together. I think he's going to be that glue guy for this for this offensive line. I think, I think he's going to make them step up to the next level. Um, I love John Michael Schmitz. I think this is a fantastic pick. Um, yeah, no, like, I, I I feel like last year they're like they obviously they've spent two premier picks on tackles. Yeah. Last year it was just such a hole, and and um, Evan Neal didn't play well, but the interior offensive line was such a catastrophe too. Yeah. And getting just like a calming presence at center, I think that makes your guards better. Absolutely too. does. I mean, like like Shane Lemieux was playing a lot of football last year. Right? <laughs> no, nothing, nothing wrong with Shane Lemieux, but like, you know, like it was just it was a rough situation on the inside. And then when you have a rookie tackle that was struggling, and I, I think I think John Michael Schmitz is like you said, just going to make the guard play better and just solidify that whole group. Yeah. And last year they spent a third round pick on on Joshua Zudu, and yeah. I feel like he didn't really have a chance. As really, yeah. like he came in a bit. Um, it started a couple games, but like throwing him in there with a horrible interior offensive line, it's just tough. And like a rookie at right tackle, and yeah. and like Mark Lewinsky and Azudu, if those end up being your guards, I, I feel like having a guy like John Michael Schmitz beside them yeah. makes you feel better about it. Agreed. Uh, that's a that's a great pick. And like you said, I couldn't believe that they could sit at fifty seven and land him. Um, and then in the third round at seventy three, this is where it gets. Like the Cowboys, for me, it gets a little bit wonky. They take Tennessee receiver Jalen Hyatt, and it's not that I don't think it was a position need because it mm-hmm. certainly was, and it's not that I don't think this is right around where he should have gone. I think yeah. I had him like 76 on my board or something. Um, but it's just I don't know, and we talked about this uh, on a previous show, but I just don't know if this fit makes a lot of sense to me. It's weird. It's, you know, they're, they're a group with a bunch of slot receivers. Um Again, I agree. I had him seventy nine. This is seventy three. I am. I was expecting Hyatt to go a lot earlier than than we had him too. So I'm cool with that here. It's just like I see the idea in mind that like you know they don't have the speed that Hyatt brings um, in the in their room yet. But yeah, I don't. I don't know if this is the best landing spot for Hyatt. You know, for, for him either. It just it feels it feels like this is very boomer bust. It feels like he could get extremely lost in this receiving group. You know, and just fall into the, the into the slot role it's just such a weird receiving room like and, and you know Wandale showed a lot last year before he got hurt you know Sterling Shepard can never stay healthy and he's getting up there now Sladen shows up it's such a weird and then obviously our guy Isaiah Hodgins was actually the wide receiver one you know it's such a strange wide receiver group I yeah it's I don't, such a small wide receiver yeah group. it is like, and, I don't I don't hate the pick but it like the fit feels weird. I agree with you. Yeah, like 
for a team that wants to chuck the ball deep, needs a burner receiver, yeah. has has a clear wide receiver one with some heft to them, yeah. like that a high would be a great pick in the 70s. It's just in the context of this team, what this offense does and what this receiver room looks like in talking about like the basketball like building your receiver room like a basketball team. It's just they've got a team full of undersized point guards, it feels like. Yeah. Like, okay, Wando Robinson's your your yak slot guy. Great. Um, Paris Campbell is kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> J- Jamison Crowder is a slot guy who who's more of the route runner. Yeah. Um, Sterling Shepard's so, the same so thing. Sterling Shepard. <laughs> uh, okay. Um Darius Slayton's your speed guy, yeah. so it's in. He's been good on the field, and I feel like that Jalen Hyatt's the same thing. And then I guess your size guys are Hodgins and Colin Johnson. It's Sick. just a weird room with. I don't know how it's gonna play out. They they love nickels at corner and they love slots at receiver. It's so strange. I I just didn't love the fit, and I get wanting a receiver, and he, I just think like Cedric Tillman went seventy fourth, one pick later the other Tennessee receiver. And I think he would have kind of filled a more important yeah. need. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just quickly on Hyatt. And we're kind of talking about Hyatt's fit. Um, just off the top of the dome here. I know I love the Deion Henley pick for the chargers, but like given that they went and got Darius Davis in the Florida, imagine if, if Hyatt slipped to the chargers. And I know that's, they, that's they Dublin. Quentin Johnston. I know, Chandler. but it, we're, we're talking about building a basketball team. That would be a hell of a lot of fun. We're just talking about Hyatt. We're like finding a fit for him with, with, you know, bigger outside dudes. I know, um, what's, what's Quentin Johnson again? Debo, Debo Samuel, and uh, who, who was the mix there? I forget what it was. Andre, Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson meets Debo That's Samuel, the best yeah. pro comparison of <laughs> NFL draft season I've ever seen. I loved it. But you know um, what I mean? Like, like just for Hyatt, I think, I know they drafted Quentin Johnson, but that would have been a hell of a lot of fun. Um, but anyways. Yeah, no, it's, it's just weird. And I'm, I mean, like, they don't push the ball down the field. So I'm intri- like, yeah. Hyatt just, Hyatt is a one-trick pony right now as just a deep threat. He's not a like he's not a good route runner. We haven't seen that. He's not a guy we've seen beat press before. I just don't know how it's going to work and I I think this is such like he was a boomer bust prospect already mm-hmm. and just this landing place makes it even more so. Is the idea literally just to have him run goes but not throw it to him helps to help us off in the underneath stuff? I don't know. It's very weird. Yeah. Um Fifth they redeem round, themselves. Yes. Fifth round, they, I th- I think you look at like obviously Saquon's there. They franchised him. You don't totally know what's going to happen. Saquon's kind of holding out right now. Um, regardless of whether they brought Saquon back or not, I think it was important for them to come away with a running back on day three who could help in the passing game and just lighten the load for Saquon Barkley, not replace Saquon Barkley. Lighten the load. And Eric Gray is. Such a perfect, I feel like, day three, number yeah. two running back, especially in the fifth round. Uh, really good uh, ball skills, really good uh, initial quickness, good mix of contact, balance, and elusiveness. I I think this is a slam dunk RB2 for Saquon Barkley. Yeah, me too. It feels like he's going to just land that job uh, and solidify it very quickly. I know Brightwell got mixed in, and we love our guy Gary Brightwell. But, you know, Matt Breed is, is obviously getting up there in age. I think this is just a, a great landing spot for Gray and a, a a great pick here with like, you know, again, they didn't have to like, you know, panic or anything. It's just like, they can get a guy like this that can come in. And I think he's going to like, you know, Saquon's had the injury issues too. And he's, you know, he's on the, on the franchise. Like, I think this is a very, very, very solid pick, especially like with a hundred big gap between their two picks to come away with at 172. I think that's great. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see. Like, I feel like Eric Gray won't have a ton of ton of touches. Like, they have Gary Braywell, they have Matt Bryant. Yeah, but like, he's going to be a useful football player for them. Yeah, I think he'll bring juice when he does get. You know, he'll he'll be electrifying when he does get the ball. Yeah, um, sixth round they get your guy Trey Hawkins, yeah. old Dominion corner. Yeah, and like this is like right where I had him too. Uh, big freaky athlete, someone to bring in to develop. We already talked about. Deontay Banks, he's the day three Deontay Banks for you? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that was my comp, yeah. But, you know, we talked about them having all the undersized guys. So bringing another big, long uh, corner, very good athlete. At 209, why the hell not? Yeah, I appreciate that this offseason they looked at their corner room and they're like, we need more size. So they, yeah. they bring in our wiry on a one-year deal. Who's played they, pretty solid at times. He had a good year last year, right? Yeah. Uh, not last year, two years. Two ago. years ago, sorry. Uh, they draft Deontay Banks in the in the first round, and then they swing on a high upside yeah. long corner in the sixth round, where it's like if you're if you're taking a guy you're not certain is going to make it in the NFL, just make sure he's freaking athletic, and that's what you got in Trey Hawkins. So good work, good work. Um, seventh round, they had a pair of picks, starting with Oregon defensive tackle Jordan Riley, who's a big old nose tackle who's played at so many different universities. I lost track. Um, he, he, to me feels like similar to what they were getting with DJ Davidson. Yeah. Uh, last year. Um, I don't, I, I guess just in the broad and Rakeem, uh, Nunez Rochez. So I'm not sure Jordan Riley's making this team. I get it though. You just want a big space eater to develop. Sure. Whatever. Um, Practice yeah. Squad. I like the Gervarius Owens pick a lot at 254. Me too. I was a lot higher than this on, on Owens. Uh, another guy with, a, that's a really damn good athlete. Bringing another good athlete to the secondary, why the hell not? Like, I think think he's going to contribute, like in, and, in some in some probably special teams, but yeah. And, and they they kind of have outside of Xavier McKinney a uncertain looking yeah the secondary in general, but like Dane Belton played well last year, but he was more playing a big overhang nickel role. Like they they're they're lacking a true deep safety, and I think Owens gives you that. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. Um, so what'd you end up giving them? I, I gave them an A minus. I, I Oh wow, okay. I like I like this I like this Giants class. I think they, they I mean obviously I was I love John Michael Schmitz, right? Banks was great. Uh, Hyatt is the funky pick, but other than that, I think they did really, really good. I don't think they kind of uh miffed on any of these, if that's a word. Is that a word? They didn't scuttle any of these up. I don't yeah, know. All they did, all they had to do, please, you was draft Trey Hawkins. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to give them an A. It's in some Were you places. surprised when he was drafted, or did you feel vindicated? You're like that was my guy, and he got drafted. I, I, I had him two. I knew it was happening. I knew it was happening. Two of five. This is bang bang, baby. Yeah. Fuck. You should work in the Giants for an office. <laughs> um, yeah, I went back and forth. I I gave them a B plus. I think they got two clear starters that they mm-hmm. very much needed. Um. A receiver with uh, that Hyatt pick, I really didn't like, but uh, I thought their day three made a lot of sense, especially Hyatt, for not having a fourth round pick. Yeah, no, I, I agreed. Um, yeah, like when they nail Eric Ray, that, that helps a lot. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what Jalen Hyatt does. I, I'm not going to see the, you know, the draft class hinges on what Hyatt does at all, but uh, maybe the difference between a B plus and an A minus hinges on Hyatt, right? Yeah, I mean, like, hey, if he could beat the tag in, he could beat the tag in. Uh, it, it does hurt some, something to point out with Hyatt. Like, the fact that he uh, is as dynamic as he is, but, like, isn't a return man. Yeah. I always – I find that – I find that strange. Yeah, it is. It's just, like, goes back to he doesn't really create. Um, anyway. 
Speaking of creating, Howard Roseman created a, a fuss. All the GMs hate him, says Peter Schrager. That's not the right quote. That That's me misquoting Peter Schrager, but it, it something to that effect. Um, how does Howie keep getting away with it? It's like the fifth time I've asked that on this podcast in the last week and a half. How he do it, Rob? I don't know. <laughs> that's definitely a Howie Mandel joke. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, look, we, we've talked about it already ad nauseum. He lands Jalen Carter at nine. Um, anytime you get the best player in the class, in my opinion, and I think it's the opinion of many, at the ninth overall pick, <laughs> um, you win, period. You know, what, what else is there to say? We've talked about it. This is a great landing spot for Jalen Carter. Like in so many facets. Obviously, he's got a bunch of Georgia dogs coming in there with him. A bunch already there. Uh, you know, a strong uh, locker room. Uh, very good culture. It feels like a great, like just that type of home for Jalen Carter. But also on the field where he's not going to have to play too many snaps. You can rotate him in and out. You can bring the fastball in when you need him. I, I just love that. That's obviously an A-plus pick. A-plus, plus, plus. A-plus, plus, plus, plus. It's the perfect situation. I know. Um, I do think, like, I think he's the third highest defensive rookie of the year odds. I think that's, like, I, I don't, I, I think t- expectation should be, Lowered, but not because he's going to have a bad rookie year, just because he doesn't need to ha- play a ton. To, oh yeah, right. Like it's it's the same as Jordan Davis. When Jordan Davis was on the field last year, he was impacting the run game so much, but he didn't. They didn't need him to be on the field all that much. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's the same thing for Jalen Carter in that he's not going to play a ton, a ton, but when he's on there, he's going to give like ten to twenty really high quality snaps a game. Gets to learn behind Fletcher Cox for the year, and it, it's more of a long-term play like year two i wouldn't be surprised if he turns in like a pro bowl year um yeah i mean if if, if you believe jalen carter had hall of fame talent entering the draft which i mean I'm, I'm i'm not far off from there um this is the spot where you most believe that he could he could attain that right and i really respect that like they're picking at 10 yeah the jalen carter slides happening how he's not gonna risk not getting him so he moves up one pick Takes him at nine. I wonder. Um, I wonder if someone was trying to get up where the Bears were like, "Oh, we're gonna do it if you don't give us a pick." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, fuck you, fuck you." Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and and like again, it comes back to like, okay, if your concerns with Jalen Carter are about the kind of the commitment, mm-hmm. the motor, like he lands in a place where you've got a uh, hall of great player in Fletcher Cox, a Ring of Honor player in Fletcher Cox, who. Who's playing the position Jalen and you, Jalen Carter, plays and is yeah. the archetype for that? He's got the leadership of the Georgia team with him in in Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean from last year, and him at pick thirty. They got his teammate Nolan Smith, who was also the big leader in that locker room. Like everything is there for Jalen Carter to turn in whatever turn into what everyone expected him to become. Yeah, absolutely. Based on the tape, absolutely. Um, and yeah, thirty. It's like how was like, oh man, this Nolan Smith kid's fallen. Okay, I'll, I'll just take him too, you idiots. And I feel like when Howie took Nolan Smith, everyone's like, oh fuck, why why didn't we take him earlier? Yeah, I get a sub two forty. He's also a freak show athlete who plays a lot stronger than his weight. Is a better run defender than he is a pass rusher right now, yeah. which I think is a good thing because with a pet player like this, you're worried. Oh, how's he going to? hold up as a run defender but man Dolan Smith like despite lacking weight really can set an edge and really can knife into the backfield make some plays and really has violent active hands um and then you've got all the athleticism to hopefully develop that pass rush plan a little bit more there's flashes 
and I, I I think he can do that, and he's got Hassan Reddick to learn from. So awesome. Yeah, I know that was the comp for a lot of people, and like for you know Nolan Smith is yes he's undersized at you know six two two thirty eight. But if that's what really scared people off, Will McDonald's 6'3 and a half, 239, and he went 15 picks earlier. And I think Nolan Smith's a better football player. Um, yeah, I don't I don't understand the fall to 30. And like you said, Howie's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> He's here, baby. And I think it's another perfect landing spot. Even like outside of all the Georgia and you know Jalen Carter. Even outside of all that. If their only first round pick was Nolan Smith, we'd be like, yeah, that's a fantastic fit. The the Eagles have a Defensive line rotation so deep that like their second string defensive lineman would start on like half the NFL yeah. defenses. Yeah. Um, the other thing too with Nolan Smith is I don't like uh, obviously coming off the torn pack. He, he by all accounts he's perfectly healthy, but like there he's not going to be pressured to do a ton as a rookie. Yeah. Uh, like look at what Nickobe Dean did as a rookie. He barely played right, and they just he kind of bought his time and now he's going to be the starter this year and I, I wonder if we'll see something similar with Nolan Smith where he's not playing a whole ton as a rookie but it's next year where where it all blows up and it's awesome the Eagles are just becoming the Georgia defense not just in the players they're picking but yeah here's another five star we don't need him until next year the year after and then he'll he'll go and win a SEC defense player of the year slash you know NFL defense player of the year and the other thing with the Eagles is like if you're like it Looking at players like Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, and you're worried about Jalen Carter's uh, commitment, and you're worried about Nolan Smith's size, well, the Eagles are built so well that they're able to take those swings and for no one to be, like, worried about it because they have the players in place already where it's like these guys don't have to make an impact right away. They can take their time and develop, and it's just they're afforded these swings that other teams aren't afforded, like them, the Chiefs. There's a couple teams who can afford to do that. Definitely. And, and get away with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but even if it was like a poorly run franchise, if they landed these two picks, it, we'd still be applauding it, you know? It's, but definitely, it just it also helps when you're... No, but I think with that, like, you'd be more concerned about yes. it not working yeah. out. Like, if yeah. the Absolutely. commanders took them both, you'd be like, great picks, but, like, is it going to all work out? And I, yeah. But I feel like with Philly, we're just like, yeah, it will all work out. I definitely and agree. If, and if it doesn't, it, it might not affect them as much... Even even though they're first round picks, um, in the third round, sixty fifth, they get Alabama offensive lineman Tyler Steen. They had obviously they lose Isaac's uh, big Isaac. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name to to my Pittsburgh Steelers. So they have a hole at guard. Uh, Lane Johnson's getting up there in age. They drafted Cam Jurgens last year as the Jason Kelsey replacement. Kelsey's back, so it sounds like Jurgens can play guard. Um, but Tyler Steen gives you a guy who could play guard or tackle. A guy with athleticism. Uh, a guy who I, I think has a fairly high floor. He's a very smart football player. I think he's got good feet, uh, good anchor. Just kind of wanted to see him develop those hands a little bit more, play with a little bit better leverage and balance. And he lands with the best offensive line coach in the NFL, Jeff Stoutland. No pressure to play right away. I think Tyler Steen's going to turn into just a very solid starter at some point for Philly. Me too. And that's kind of like like I had him 90 on my board, the 65. So I do think it's a slight reach. Um, and the, the pick kind of surprised me a little bit, but I think it's very smart. And, you know, obviously their goal is not just to get back to the Super Bowl, but win it. And offensive line is one of those positions where if one guy goes down, not the Eagles so much, but if one guy goes down, the backup or, like, the reshuffling of the group, it, it can just make the whole unit a lot worse or that one replacement-level player 
um, an absolute target for opposing teams and, you know, fuck your whole game plan up. Um, they, so, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. They, they also love these massive, like, we're assuming Tyler Steen's the future at right guard for them. They love these massive guards to stick beside their undersized freaky athlete at center. Uh, and that's what they had in Isaac uh, in obviously they have in Landon Dickerson mm-hmm. and like T- Steen's six six three twenty. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's, he's well built in big body, but he carries it really well. He's, he's never felt like that huge body guy though. Same you know? with, similar to Landon Dickerson. Yeah. yeah. Dickerson felt like a sim- fucking, like a, what I remember I called him a goddamn concrete slab standing up. I, that's but, what like, he felt like. Le- like Landon Dickerson is like the, the type of offensive lineman you're like, that guy's three thirty. Yeah, he carries and, it really well. But he looks his three thirty is a lot different than other offensive linemen's three thirty. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like yeah. The Ben Cleveland three thirty. No, that he's gonna hit somewhere. Um, I'd never wear a shirt if I look like Ben Cleveland. <laughs> Why would you? But yeah, no, I think so. I think in that context, very, very sound, very wise pick. Um, who I, I agree, just it's gonna turn into. I don't think he's gonna ever be like a Pro Bowl type of guy, but he doesn't either. have to be. He's gonna be what Isaac was, you know, yeah. and that's all they all they need out of their right guard when they've got Pro Bowl tackles, a Pro Bowl center, and a Pro Bowl Pro Bowl left guard. Yeah, yeah. What a life! I could play right guard for Philly. Um, so. And then at sixty six, they they go for a big swing athlete at a position of need in uh, Canadian safety Sidney Brown, who's one of the best athletes in the class. Has some questions because he predominantly played in the box at Illinois. But showed up to the Senior Bowl and looked good in, in coverage. A guy who does a really good job disrupting catch point. I think smart football player. Yeah. And it, it's it's like if you can clean up some of those missed tackles, um, and it's not because he doesn't want to tackle. It's because he wants to tackle too much. Yeah, that, he, that his form's not great. <laughs> um, I think he could be a really fun defensive weapon for this team. Yeah, and it, like like you know. <laughs> Reed Blankenship was playing a lot of snaps and playing pretty damn good for the Eagles last year, and they made it to the Super Bowl. Um, so I think at 66, Sidney Brown in this safety group, I, I like that pick a lot. I had him 73. Like I'm, Go ahead. I, I, I wonder, and they signed Terrell Edmonds, and I feel like Terrell yeah. Edmonds is uh, going to, again, you're going to be starting, to, they sent him to a one-year contract. Terrell Edmonds is going to start for a year, and then Sidney Brown's going to be the starting strong safety. Yeah, yeah, and I think it'll get mixed. Works. Yeah, I think we'll get mixed in a bit this year too. But me too. I was gonna ask you, how do you think? Like, because it it still look like it looks like Reed Blankenship and Terrell Evans will be their starting safeties. Yeah, I mean, I, don't I wouldn't be shocked if if Sydney I, maybe not steals a job, but plays a lot. I wouldn't be shocked if Sydney Brown plays the most snaps out of uh, all their draft picks. Would you? Wow, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, I think Tanner McKee will. Well, yeah, yeah. As a no, that, no, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, Sidney Brown, while he, none of these guys look like they'll be starting as rookies. Sidney Brown is in the clearest position to be on the field because they lack depth there and they lack clear starters there too, yeah. right? Like T- Tyler Steen, I I guess could start at right guard if they don't like yeah. how Cam Jurgens looks there. Um, but there's a less clear path to that. Whereas, like, yeah. Reed Blankenship and Trellabans are uh, on paper, they're starting safeties. I, I do wonder if they sign someone or make a move. But, yeah, that's and, a good point. That's something I hadn't considered. Uh, I know. That's that's kind of how I feel. I mean, again, Reed Blankenship played good, so maybe not. But uh, even if, if Brown is coming in more of a rotation guy, like, he could be on par with snaps with, with, with Carter and Smith. And 
and I mean, going to going to one hundred five, it's going to be interesting to see how much Keely Ringo plays. And obviously, that's a I had him twenty six on my board. I don't think he were too far off me. Falls to one hundred five for a couple of reasons. People pointed out, but look, he lands he lands in an amazing situation with all of his dogs. Literally, I I'm gonna. It's gonna be really interesting. I don't I don't know how you know how quickly they throw him onto the field, but he's gonna be really interesting. And I I can. He can kind of be a guy that, like, you know, one or two injuries happen in the secondary, which feels kind of happens for the Eagles more, a lot more than a lot of franchises. And he could be a guy that's playing some high leverage snaps down the stretch. Um, what do you think of the Ringo pick? Uh, I Again, it's like, okay, this Georgia guy is big. He's athletic. He's got the five-star pedigree. He played a lot. He was an important player. He had a pick six in the national championship. Uh, he has some flaws. Like, he's changed direction. Yeah. needs some work. Like, he's a little tight in the hips. More of a straight-line guy. Um, okay, like, I uh, maybe we won't take him in the first round because there's too many questions. Like, big, young, press, corner, with the potential to be a, an NFL starter. Um if we can clean some of the technique stuff up. But we're the Philadelphia Eagles. He fell to us in the fourth round somehow. He doesn't have to play. He can bide his time for a year behind, oh, let's see, pro bowler Darius Slay, pro bowler James Bradbury, yeah. uh, and then take over in a year or two. It's, like, not fair. Even if Keely Ringo doesn't work out, they took him in the fourth round. What the fuck do they care? Like, it's, one, every other team should have swung on Keely Ringo sooner than this. Absolutely. Two, the fact that they let Howie Roseman do it, it's it's mind-boggling to me, right? Like, damn. It, it, it was a deep corner class, but Keely Ringo, to me, should not have fallen this far. He should like, have. Riley, like, Riley Moss went 20 picks ahead of him. And, they gave and I like Riley. I like, yeah. And I like Riley Moss. Me but too. I had Keely Ringo ahead of him, and I certainly didn't like him that much more than Keely Ringo. Um, like, Makai Black, Blackman yeah. went, went three picks. Two picks ahead of him. You, you know the Vikings are lost in the sauce when they're not taking Keely Ringo and they're taking Mikai Blackman over him. Like, <laughs> it's wild to me. Yeah, I, I kind of like, I don't know, man. One or two injuries come out. Like, I don't, he's not going to have to play a lot this year and he shouldn't, but he might end up having to play some uh, important snaps. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going to stand on. I think Sidney Brown, if I was going to, if you're going to give me solid odds, I think he plays the most. Outside of Tanner McKee, who's at, <laughs> at 188, they're addicted to these big unathletic backup quarterbacks there must be some sort of logic behind it um but here we go there's another one tanner mckee from stanford yeah i it's so funny this is the only pick where it's like i don't like i actually don't know what why or how he must have just been by far their highest player left on the board at 188 because like it wasn't an i guess marcus Mariota has an injury history and jay Hurts got hurt last year and it's some insurance there but like He's such a different player than the other two that it's hard to like fathom the way that works. But um, but they they've done it, you know. Like they just brought him here, which Howie, I, I love. But Howie, yeah, Howie just loves big, slow quarterbacks with arms. Like yeah, Nick Foles, Howie Sudfield. Yeah, Sudfield. Like he just has an addiction to these guys, and I can I can respect he likes what he likes. You know, in like three years, Tanner McKee's gonna be like it's gonna be like you know the the peak off season. We're like, well, teams around the league might be considering trading a second round pick for Tanner McKee, who could become a starting quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So do you think how he drafts these guys? Because he's like he's big, he's white, and he has an arm, and like the rest he, of he doesn't <laughs> like the guy, but he's like eventually someone's gonna want him. Well, remember there was like some like Nate Sudfeld love for a little bit. I mean, not just for me, the, the captain of 
the Sudfield fan club. Tanner McKee will sign in four years with, like, the Minnesota Vikings and people being like, is he the starter? (laughs) Exactly. That's guaranteed. Um, Hey, but in my head, I'm like, I, I didn't like Tanner McKee. Um, but like this is where Tanner McKee should have yeah, gone. Yeah, I, I had him one ninety six. I had him one ninety two. Um, so there we yeah, go. So yeah, so it's like whatever. And then it's like yeah. oh, two forty nine. They got Texas defensive lineman Moro Ajomo, yeah. who I liked a lot more than that. Really good athlete, total tweener, and I think it hurt him in the long run. Sixty two ninety ish, but literally played like played five tech four i three tech whatever Texas needed him to play. He played. Um, had a very good East West Shrine Bowl week, and. On this defensive line, like, I now I don't know if he'll make the team. Yeah, I think he'll uh, he'll be squad. on the practice squad. But like yeah. a a guy worth worth that pick because the versatility, the athleticism. If you could develop him into a a guy who could be your Vinny Curry, you yeah. know, like Vinny Curry's are very important players. Yeah, they are, and like like in that mold where like obviously this is a seventh round pick, two forty nine. We don't think he's going to make the the team out of camp. Uh, but that being said, I can see uh, Moro Jomo being on this roster next year, the year after, and for a long time. Um, I think he'll develop into a player that's going to enter that rotation. He's all he's he's also um, twenty one right now. He's going to yeah. be twenty two in August. Like he's not an older guy too. Like I feel like that more than ever we have to note that because. Yeah. Of the COVID year, so many of these guys are twenty-four-year-old rookies. All of a sudden, I mean, Luke Schoonmaker's twenty-five-year-old rookie. Yeah. Um, so, like, getting that too, uh, Ojomo, a fifth-year senior at Texas, but still only going to be a twenty-two-year-old rookie. Like that, that's great. And like value-wise, I'd lay fourth-round grade on Ojomo. Same. So this is. And, and then the cherry on top. Now we won't take this into consideration in our grading, but the cherry on top of it all is that, um. The after the Lions took Jameer Gibbs, the Eagles flipped a fourth round pick in 2025 and the 219th pick to the Lions, which ended up being receiver Antoine Green for DeAndre Swift and the pick that took Ojomo. So they get DeAndre Swift out of the ball, too. So it's like everyone, everyone's like, Are the Eagles going to draft a running back? Oh, they could they take Bijan 10? Blah blah blah. And they don't end up needing to do that, and they get a sure thing in DeAndre Swift. Um, and they like to platoon these running backs. Yeah. And it's like they sign Rashad Penny, who when he's healthy, is one of the most, the best pure runners in the NFL, honestly. Yeah. He is. Uh, Thank s- you for s- acknowledging that, by the way. A, a healthy Swift's one of the most natural pass-catching space running backs in the, in the league. And then they got Ken- Kenny Gabewell. Like, who knows what Swift ends up, ends up becoming, but this is well worth Again, the Eagles can afford to make this swing, and it's not really a swing when you're the Eagles. And, like, it's just, it's so silly. It's a fourth-round pick. Two years from now, and then look, they got a better player two forty nine than than the Lions got in their picks. So no no offense to Green, but yeah, I mean, if if this running back core hits like it could, it could be it could be amazing. I mean, I love Rashad Penny, like you said, one of the best pure runners in the league. Swift, I, I still believe, I still have high hopes, and it was not didn't cost them a lot to go and and get him. And then Boston Scott's gonna be Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell is just like. Very solid contributor as both a runner and a, and a receiver, obviously, right? So, which I mean, they actually haven't used him as a receiver as much as they should have in, in, in his career so far. But alas, great swing, and um, that's just the cherry on top of an A plus draft class for me. Yeah, incredible. Um, so, did you get you gave him an A plus? A plus, yeah. A plus. Okay, I didn't know if I felt comfortable enough, but you know what? A plus. I had A written down, but. Uh, 
You know what? I, the, I, whatever we say actually doesn't matter. It's the analysis that's more important, but that's not what people look at. So. Yeah, well, the, the people on Instagram won't know that. I had an A, and then I, I forgot. I remember they took Tanner McKee, and then I made an A+. Plus. <laughs> Respect that. Um, all right, so going from uh, one end of the spectrum to the other, the Washington Commanders. Oh, boy, the Washington Commanders, who really haven't drafted very well at all for a while. And but Not to interrupt you, but... I feel like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, why do we do draft grades? You blah, blah, blah. Every year after the draft, we're like, <laughs> we're not we're not very uh, high on these classes. You know what I mean? And it's turned out that way. Yeah. They just yeah, feel like they I, never have a clear plan. Yeah. And, like, even, I mean, Chase, like, they took Chase Young number two. And everyone knew, what, like, that's what they should have done. And that's what yeah. they did. And it was the right pick. He was the best player in the class. And I, I, I mean, like. It it hasn't really like he won defensive rookie of the year, and then he's played like twelve games since, yeah. and they didn't pick up his fifth year option, and it's like that's just the commanders effect, right? Like you, yeah. it's, it's a toxic franchise. Hopefully, Dan Snyder's no longer the owner pretty soon, and our King Josh Harris takes over. Oh, they're gonna win uh, so many. Uh, I was gonna say Stanley Cups, but the Super Bowls when when he comes. Oh, I thought, I thought you were gonna say they're gonna win so many draft grades. Oh, and draft grades, absolutely. Yeah, like A plus, A plus, A plus. Well, just just but don't like, take Nico Hersher. But like, but like, that's how bad it is that Chase Young, this sure thing, like as sure as not quite as sure as the Bosa's, but pretty close. Ooh, just, what? No, 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 I just was listening. Maybe, I don't know. I think I kind of like Chase more. But anyways, yeah. No, he's okay, there. But, but, he's there. But, but, I'm sorry, but, that's not the point. I know, I know. The point being, like, the <laughs> Bosa's the Bose multi-pro bowls. Nick just won Defensive yeah. Player of the Year. Both of them were Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah. So was Chase Young. It looked like it was headed that direction. Like, now his fifth-year options are being picked yeah, up. Like, that's the commanders, baby. And, like, Ron Rivera hasn't done a very good job. He's done, I guess he's done an okay job given the circumstances. Martin Mayhew's not a GM I'd be pounding the table for. And it's just like this thing needs to be ripped down and Josh Harris needs to take over, hire their guys. Absolutely. You know what's um, coming, right? Like I I like Ron Rivera most of the time. And I feel like it was a wise hire at the time to kind of steady the sinking ship a bit. Uh, but it's still going down, like you just said. And Harris is going to come to town. Clean house. Uh, I hope they get a new stadium built. Like you know what I mean, and just just reset this franchise. So at this point, and, and, it's so hard to look at their classes because they're just on a sinking ship. Yeah, and it's. I mean, at sixteen, they take Mississippi State yeah. corner Emmanuel Forbes, and it's worth noting. Like some people saw him as a first round pick. Some people liked him a lot because of the playmaking ability. Uh, obviously, for us, it's a little different because neither of us liked him like that. We both said he was the biggest reach of the first round. <laughs> On, on top of the fact, like, he's a complete size outlier. We've never seen a sub-170 corner at 6-1. He's, like, the lightest corner in NFL history to be this tall. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard to even find comparisons for him. Like, if you look for players who are built like him, they're usually 180 pounds. Yeah. Um, But, I like, I get that, like, it fills a need. They need a corner. And let's pretend Christian Gonzalez didn't go pick later. <laughs> Like they so want, yeah. they they want this like he's super fluid corner with with length, with in like fantastic ball skills, great yeah. speed, true playmaker. Like if you like those types of corners who are, are are gamblers and they're gonna make up for what they give up by making the big plays, like FBS career record holder for pick sixes, like 
I can see that. Especially, like, in this, like, again, ignore Christian Gonzalez. In this class where we, I, I think, what, I have 15 first-round grades or whatever it was. Yeah. And to get a guy that could possibly bring that uh, dynamic ball, ma- uh, like, ball plays. <laughs> That's what I'm going to leave it as. Um, <laughs> into, the, into the secondary. You know, like, there, there is, there's a, like, it's not completely uh, insane, you know. Um, no, like, you can understand the thought process. Yeah, yeah. Now, for some people, like, if you liked Emmanuel Forbes, I don't think anyone really – like, nobody was slotting Emmanuel Forbes in their top, top 20. 20, I don't yeah. think. Maybe don't I'm think so wrong. Either. I don't think so either. Uh, Not that I saw. Like, I, I do think some people are slotting him as their third corner, which uh, I I had him, like, corner uh, eight or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, like, I can understand – honestly, I can't – I can understand having him as – after the top two, maybe arguing he's in there because of the playmaking. Although I much prefer Deontay Banks. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd take an argument against Banks, but yeah, maybe maybe next, maybe next, maybe fourth. Sure. Yeah. yeah like, I I just feel like this team doing it. Like if the Patriots did it, I'd probably be like, oh yeah, this will work. Like Bill knows what he's doing. They're gonna play him a ton and off off coverage and just like. Let him let him jump routes, keep his eyes on the quarterback, yeah. and pick sixes all day. But it's the commanders, so I can't trust anything they do. I think is a big reach on top of that. So it's just, and he's a size outlier. There's a lot working against this pet. Yeah, there is. There is. He's a fun football player, and I I also wonder like how's he gonna hold up? And it's not that he's not a willing tackler. It's that he is, like, just. Being that size and having to tackle Saquon Barkley in the open field, well, it's just a tough ask, right? And not like, and like, hit, hit, seeing him get matched up against AJ Brown this year, that's gonna be really interesting. <laughs> well, hey, they drafted Devonta Smith like one sixty five. Yeah, uh, uh, Jahan Dotson small. Well, see, in practice, see, sick. This, 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 it is worth noting this. Oh yeah, in practice. Sorry, I'm I'm getting all confused. The Giants <laughs> only have small receivers. Yeah. Um, CD Lamb's pretty skinny, and so is Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Like it's worth noting that, I guess if you look at it that way, this division might be the best division for him <laughs> in terms of receiver corner matchups, which is really funny to me. But... If you just keep away from AJ Brown, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I mean like, you know, and Isaiah Hodgins. Oh yeah, um, but I'm just but gonna like, eat under underneath him all day. Like, you know that. like if he's covering Jalen Hyatt, great. <laughs> the, like that's perfect. Um, but no, I th- I do think that's a funny thing to point out. Uh, it is, yeah. But no, I still think it was a big reach. He's an outlier in this. I don't trust this team to get the most out of him. Even mm-hmm. though, like, I would never have taken him in the first round. But if a smarter, safer team did, if the Eagles did, like I said, some teams can afford to take these swings, yeah. and you trust it. But you can't trust this franchise because even when they take the right pick, it doesn't work out with Chase Young. Yeah, and then again, we did we left this out, but on top of that, over Christian Gonzalez, which I cannot wrap my head around. No, and it's it's hard to fathom. Um, and in the second round, they again they go with a player I like and. And Quan Martin, the Illinois defensive back, who um, can play nickel or he can play safety, and uh, looking at their roster, those are both reasonable. Play, yeah. Like play them wherever you want them. Um, superb athlete, jumped guy, out of the gym. Yeah, a guy who 
is like built like he carries his weight really well like uh and he's a very willing tackler he's got good take on skills the ball skills are a little hit or miss yeah but like everything is there for him to be a very uh impactful nickel is a little earlier than i would take him i i had him more top of the third round ish but i i agree with you but we kind of expect him to go here right? yeah and the safety class being what it was and I'm not surprised you went here, and, and I just we we nailed it on our, our our safety fits on Instagram. By the way, we had him to Washington. There you go, there you go. And I I do wonder if if Brian Branch was there. Like Brian Branch went two picks ahead. I wonder. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Um. But again, I don't. I. <laughs> I don't know because it's the Commanders, and also like like look at them. Like Kendall Fuller's a good football player. Cameron Curl's been a total draft steal. He might be. Yep. The best draft pick of the like, just in terms of where they took him and what he became, that the yep. Commanders have made in a while. Um, uh, I guess Terry McLaurin as well, but well, yeah, like Quan Martin could totally hit and it won't matter. Yeah, but <laughs> okay, but like, yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm being, I'm being a, a dick. I just, I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm hoping Dan Snyder's listening and I'm bullying him into getting the sale Dan, actually done. Dan, this franchise is worth. Maybe half a bill at best. Sell it to our guy. Sell it. <laughs> Let's get it moving. Yeah, there you go. That's our fish. Um, I like the Quan Martin pick. I agree with you. Like you know, it's they needed the the this they needed safety. They needed nickel. It can do both. Um, it's I think it's gonna be interesting to see exactly how they deploy him. Um, good player. A little bit earlier than I would have taken him, but um, it's where we expect him to go. Fine with that pick. Moving on, though, everything you said anti-Washington, Ricky Stromberg was built to be a Washington commander. Correct or incorrect? He was, and they caught Chase Royer, their center, yep. today, mere hours before we started recording. That, as I was doing my notes, it was great. Like I think literally as I was, I was writing up the commanders, they caught him. It was perfect timing. That's Poor Chase really. For us. I like Chase really too. Uh no, that hey, a team who who's, needs a starting center. That guy started a lot of football games. He's a very fine center. He's that was another good guy. good pick, by the way. From credit. Uh, there you go. The commanders keep knocking it out of the park. Um but yeah, so it, it'll be interesting. Stromberg's gonna be starting week one. It probably Yeah. Yeah. Uh that's and, an ask. But I think he's uh, like he was that guy where like I had him, you know, I had him one one. This is ninety seven, so right where I had him. So like towards the end of the top one hundred, plug and play kind of center potential. I, I I'm not, you know, I think he can he can swing it. Um, and I have to, and, and you've already noted this, but you have to look at every center drafted and where they're drafted based on where Juice Scruggs is drafted. <laughs> Poor Juice, I love Juice Scruggs. It just. Uh, yeah, yeah, and we both had Ricky Stromberg above Drew Scruggs. Yes, Ricky Stromberg goes thirty-five picks later. Um, so instantly that makes this a really good pick. Yeah, yeah. I was again, I was a little lower on Ricky Stromberg. I had him as day three guy, uh, but like played a ton of football in the SEC. Very good mover. Yeah, um, has has like called everything at the line. Like high IQ guy. Um, bully in the run game, like a true, like played through the whistle. Checks all the kind of the boxes of the this guy at minimum is just gonna be a very solid starter at center. Yeah, very much like the Luke Fortner pick last year. Yeah, okay, that's a great like different different player, yeah, different not the size, yeah. but I totally totally agree with that. Um, and 
I I just do think it's you're putting a lot of pressure on Ricky Stromberg you from are. the jump by forcing him to start week one. But so did the Jays. Sam, with year. Sam, yeah, with Sam Howell at quarterback <laughs> and walk. or Jacoby Brissett and or Jake Fromm. I don't know <laughs> what a quarterback room uh, on an offensive line that is a little shaky. Yes, um, to say the least. Like they, the guard spots are an issue. Um, so I, I, I just hope they don't screw up Ricky Schomburg because to me and you and it feels like everyone who watched him, like this was the guy in the class who like you'd probably draft him and like if you're not a fan of the team, you'll forget about him because he'll just be a, a fine, good, mm-hmm. solid center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think like you're right. It, there's a, there's there's concern there, but. From the Washington Commanders decision making process, this is a very good pick. Yeah. Um, again, I had him one. I had a fourth on him, just to be clear. By the way, I didn't have a day two grade, but um, in this draft, that lines up right there perfectly. And uh, no, I think it's a really good pick. That is a lot of pressure, um, but uh, alas, I, I've said alas twice this episode. It's weird. It's <laughs> I think it's way too much. I think it's gonna work out. I think it's gonna work out with Schomburg and I. Uh, but when when the new owner comes to town. It, I do too, and I don't think it'll end up mattering until until everything else is getting rid of. This franchise um, should should never win another Super Bowl. I think they got lucky with all of their Super Bowls. <laughs> I don't like this franchise, wait, but I will. I love them. They, very should soon. they bring Joe Gibbs back again? They should. They well, should consider it. Something Josh Harris should think about is that the Joe Gibbs was the head coach when they won Super Bowls. Dan Steiner brought him back because of that. I think Josh Harris should. Dude. One more time. It'd be maybe. so funny. Um, okay, fourth round, 118th. They take Utah offensive lineman Braden Daniels. Speaking of needing guard help, Braden Daniels played all over the offensive line at Utah. He was playing left tackle this past season. I think they drafted him to play guard. Yep. Um, a guy who I, I, I thought of him as like kind of one of the day three interior offensive linemen who has the potential to develop into a starter. A little bit undersized, but really uh, – Great short area quickness, climbs to the second level really well. A, a, a very heady run defender. He understands angles. Um, pass protection is a little wonky. His hands, yeah. his anchor. But That's why he's moving inside. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I guess you, you, you're concerned. Like In a division that has Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Just say Jordan the Eagles. Carter, Just Dexter, say the Eagles. Dexter Lawrence, Mazzy Smith. Like yeah. Dealing with the power is going to be a little yeah. scary, but he, I – he hopefully won't have to play as a rookie, but you look at that guard room and he might. He, he might um, but I thought this yeah. this was a very solid pick. Very like, solid pick. I tell you, a little yeah. earlier than I had him, but I. Which is funny because you love him too, eh? I, yeah, I was shocked he went this early. It was twenty picks, nineteen picks earlier than I had him. So like, yeah, fourth round. Definitely. That's good. Yeah, that's cool here. Again, like you said, need good football player. Um, uh, might be a bit of a mismatch early on if he gets thrown in there against these. Uh, these hog mollies on the front for the other teams in this division. Um, in the fifth round, they get Clemson edge K- KJ Henry, who to me is just going to play in the NFL for 10 years as a number two, like a backup edge rusher. I think it's a very good pick. It could fit too. For, former big recruit, a little older. He's 24, but um, very athletic. Not like a, not great at kind of generating his own pass rush, but so very good on on pass rush games um plays really yeah. hard so it's a, a good edge too like i think he'll find his way it the, this defensive line room is pretty deep but i th- i feel like he's going to play snaps yeah i do too and i think you you, you pegged uh kitchen henry pretty well there where like 
I think she's going to stick for a long time, be a very solid, um, you know, rotational edge. And I like this pick. I had 127. This is 137. I think that's a very solid. I think they did really good with Stromberg, Daniels, and Henry. I think very good picks, all three. They're all safe bats, I think. Which is kind of what they did last year, too, right? Because even at, like, if Braden Daniels doesn't, like, at worst, I think Braden Daniels is a swing interior guy. Yeah. I, yeah, at the very worst. Um, Sixth round, this is where they won you back over. Kentucky running back Chris Rodriguez, the hammer himself. It's classic. Um, yeah, they, uh, I think when they did it, you, you, like, messaged me, you're like, fucking Washington or something. Because, of course. Um, but, yeah, they have a weird running back room where, like, people thought, even though Brian Robinson uh, coming off being shot had, like, a, a pretty impressive rookie year where the numbers I don't think look as good as the he moments. Like, he was he yeah. was creating a lot by himself. Like, the contact balance was really fun to watch. Way more than we, we called coming out of the, yeah, the draft last year, too. Definitely. Yeah. And, and Antonio Gibson is – so polarizing, but the yeah. size and athleticism are tantalizing. Yes. Um, so they they bring Christopher Rodriguez again. It's the sixth round, just to be some depth, kind of a hammer. <laughs> it's just like yeah. I mean, I I think it's very much worth the pick. Adam one seventy two. This was one ninety three. That's cool. Um, just. It's just funny to bring in another big physical. Like he is a lot like Brian Robson coming out at least you know and yeah. Why not? Who cares? As a, hammer uh, the rock. I think it's a little lower on Rodriguez than you. I think I'm like 220s. Oh, you're a lot lower than I. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like, no, I remember when we did the running back show, I was higher on Rodriguez. I think he's solid. And now I would have liked him better on a team that, you know, just needed a bigger bat to get into the, you know, it, it feels like a, a hat on a hat, but fuck it. They like it. Who cares? Um, And then in the uh, seventh round, Louisiana edge rusher, uh, Andre Jones, a guy who, when you watch the Raging Cajun, like, looks like an NFL player. Like, just 6'5", 260. Looked like yeah. he's built in the lab. Really long arms, over 34 inches. Tested quite, like, solidly. Not amazing, but solidly. And, like, you see the athleticism on tape. Like, why not in the seventh round? He's mm-hmm. a productive player uh, in the fun belt, the, the God's Conference. Uh, a little bit older, but um, whatever. Yeah, at 233, that makes sense. Yeah, so I feel like I was jaded by the fact that this team is bad and always is bad and is bad enough that they ruin Chase Young, uh, potentially. Um, I was really, I, by the I, way, this I, is, I was hoping for a Chase Young trade during the draft, by the way. I want to throw that out there. Uh, yeah, to the Eagles. Um, <laughs> no, he'll just sign his knee to, to the Eagles next year. It's fine. Um, so... The Forbes pick was a big reach. The Quan Martin was a reach. Ricky Schomburg was a reach. Braden Daniels was a reach. All those picks were reaches based off my board. I understand the thought process for all of those picks. I think Stromberg's going to be a very good player. I think uh, Quan Martin to Forbes is a little boomer bust for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What would you end up giving them? It's kind of split between a C plus and a B minus, but I think I'm going to land on a C plus. Okay. I, I, I put down a C. I don't. I don't think you can... I'm just going to stick with it. It doesn't actually matter. It doesn't so. matter. No. Don't tell the listener. Don't, don't tell them. Um, but yeah, I mean... I feel like it's also made 
to look worse where I feel like the Giants had a really solid draft. Yeah. The the Cowboys was fine and the Eagles was amazing. So it's just like when like, you're the worst in your division, it it makes it look worse. Like the Cowboys filled needs kinda, you know, and the Eagles smashed it, yeah. And the Giants got better. Um again, it's just they're so rudderless right now, this Washington franchise, until uh until we get a little devil's hockey, you know, into into this into this team, baby. So uh, ne- next next episode, who are we doing? Uh, we're doing the AFC North, the, the the division that smashed it out of the park. Yeah, they all got A pluses. Trust me. <laughs>